in the first night, I prepped our server at Animators that I needed hot black truffle presets because yeah. my life is at stake. everybody to this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and i'm gonna bypass my co-host altogether in terms of intros this week because we've got one of our favorite returning guests for any new listeners or old listeners alike this name should be familiar he is coming to us all the way from like what is it at 45 minutes north of us here in seattle bellingham washington new cruising aficionado extraordinaire our reporter on the ground josh welcome back josh why thank you brian and thank you for skipping over your co-host this has just been a great show already this is awesome <laughs> this is so messed up i'm gonna just say this this is like on par with my our friends chris and sam sam referring to me as sam number two on my own freaking show i mean this is the kind of respect i get i mean come on i might just have to walk out when you're a part-time co-host on bonus shows you just got to live with the outcome so you know that's that's how it goes but Josh, we're excited to have you back. You have sailed. You sailed on Disney once and went right across the street to Royal. You sailed on Royal and brought us your opinion on that. And now you're back to Disney, your first time aboard the Disney Wonder. Before we dive in, because you sent me a whole host of notes and I cannot wait to talk about this. Sam has not Mm. seen these notes. So this discussion is going to be especially fun. Before we dive in, Josh, just remind folks about your cruising background and your experience with Disney. Yeah. So I got into cruising really through COVID and planning vacations. And I don't know how, but I thought about the idea of with two kids, I have a a almost six-year-old and almost three-year-old. I was like, you know what? Going on a cruise ship sounds really nice not to have to make any decisions. I went on back-to-back cruises, Royal Caribbean, the Disney, as Brian said. And I realized, I said, I thought this was going to be great. Turns out this is great. And the more cruises I go on, the more I just look at my wife and I go, I'm a cruiser. I'm sorry. I've arrived. So... (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to apologize to your wife. You have to apologize to your financial planner and your bank account, but not your wife. That's right. And to your retirement Uh, funds. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, Josh, what made you decide to uh, give Disney a try out of San Diego and head out on the Wonder? Because your your first experience was a dream class ship and those magic class ships are different. So was it just you're on the West Coast? Let's give West Coast sailing a try or anything more to it than that? It was really one, we're on the West Coast, but two, I've gotten so into listening to other people talk about cruising, primarily you two and then other others. And so many say that the magic and the dream or the wonder, excuse me, are like some of their favorite ships. And hearing you talk about it, primarily Brian, and I think Sam too, like hearing it's a little bit smaller size, but you get the same quality. I was like, that sounds up my alley. Like I can't help but think that would be better than the dream class. And now that I've been on both, I can share my opinion on which I know to truly be better now. So (laughs) I love it. (laughs) A little preview there. I love it. Mm. We also we also know from our last show with you that when you're doing the Caribbean, you know, Royal and Disney, maybe huge difference in the experience on board. But we had you on to talk about Royal. It's nice to hear you getting back on Disney. How many nights was this cruise on the Wonder? It was just four nights, so not too long. Oh, bummer. Oh, I thought it was at least a five night, Josh. Come on. Was it too early to be Halloween on the high seas? It was Halloween on the high seas. Nice. Okay. So you got your first like Disney theme cruise because your prior cruise was not themed out, right? 
So our prior cruise was Halloween on the high seas. It was the end of September 2021, but oh it gosh. wasn't really. Like they, okay. they had the tree in the the entrance, but that was it, basically. I feel like this year they've really fully brought back Halloween on the high seas and maritime experiences as well. Whereas last year, particularly Halloween on the high seas, but even maritime was more limited than it had been pre-pandemic in just the different kinds of experiences on board. Yeah. And and I will say too to Brian's setup, like I'm happy to be back on Disney, but I felt like Disney dropped the ball in a couple of spots. And so I feel like the more I'm cruising, the more I'm comparing. And so mm-hmm. my notes keep developing. I can't wait to get into it. I'm going to put one requirement on us, which is we're going to save food to last because I've got a brand new segment we're going to introduce here with uh, with Josh. And so we're do food Ooh. last because I know I know some things are coming as potential controversy here. So everyone's going to want to stay tuned for that. But let's start with Josh. Now you can compare boarding a cruise out of Port Canaveral and boarding a cruise out of San Diego. How was the process of, of getting on the ship for you out of San Diego? And what do you think? Yeah. And this is tough too, because we, we, our first Disney cruise was more COVID protocols. This one seemed like there was none. And so um, embarkation was awesome. At San Diego, they have some lanes set up outside with your boarding time. So for us, we got the coveted 11 o'clock second boarding group, which like the only people before us was concierge. And so they outside have, here's a line for 11, here's a line for 11.15, and then the peasants in 11.30 and beyond. And so, you know, um, but it was, it went very smooth. We got in line 20, we showed up 20 minutes before 11 thinking, why not be early? And we were, we walked on the ship at 11.48. So it wow. took a little bit. We got through security. Yeah, we sat down and waited. The family of the day was at like 1130. And then we got on. And like I said, pretty quickly. Yeah, that's. I would say that's a quick boarding process, I, especially for San Diego. I feel like boarding in San Diego usually isn't quite as organized as in Port Canaveral just because they don't have the terminal and Probably it depends on if there's one ship or two ships in port. If there's two ships in port there, then Disney gets bumped in priority. And so be, it's kind of a mess. I don't know if it's priority. I mean, I actually think so. We've boarded when it's just been Disney in port. I thought that was a pretty smooth process. Just as Josh was describing, they they had lineup here for these times and they let people into the, the terminal. I think the time that we were two ships in port and both ships were trying to disembark and reembark was a disaster. I don't think it had anything it's, to do with yeah. Disney getting priority versus not. I think it had everything to do with that port was just overwhelmed with the number of people who were in port for the day. So, But we waited longer. I think we waited longer for boarding like most of the times that we've been there, we've waited longer for boarding than what you're describing, whether there was another ship at port or not. Although some of my, that might have had to do with COVID protocols. Josh, what were your port stops on this sailing? We left San Diego, had a day at sea, and then it was Catalina Island and then Ensenada, which I call, what's what's the NASA? The NASA, NASA. NASA of the yeah. West Coast. The NASA of yeah. the West Coast, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, or, you know, instead of uh, Bahamas, it's Mexico, but it's basically the same place. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess maybe before we get to some ports here, what were your first impressions of the ship? Like you see her in port. She's right there in San Diego. You're right up next to her uh, on the dock. She's smaller than those dream class ships. And so what was your impression of her just first first sight and then also getting on board? The atrium is very different on those uh, magic class ships compared to the dream class ships. 
Such a good question. We just got off in uh, the end of August. This cruise was at the, or sorry, the beginning of August. This one was the end of October. We were on the quantum of the seas on Royal Caribbean, which is another mm. large ship, right? Over 4,000 people, right around 4,000. But here's the odd thing. I live up north of Seattle, so I don't see cruise ships all the time. So anytime I see any cruise ships, it's like seeing a whale in the water. You're like, I don't care how big it is. It's just beautiful. And uh, so to me and my, my wife and I, we were just like, man, it, we're so excited. Like, so it didn't look to me smaller, but again, mm-hmm. I'm not, I've only, this is my fourth cruise. I'm not seasoned in it. And I, I wasn't inst- instantly like, wow, that does not have as tall a, a, of a layout as other cruises mm-hmm. or as long. I was just like, that's a big boat and I'm going on it. So <laughs> it, it looked normal. I think if you see them side by side, like when you see at Port Canaveral and you see like, you know, four ships at port at one time, you can really see the difference. Some of the carnival ships are humongous and they're like docked right next to, you know, one of even even the dream or the fantasy. These other ships are just way, way bigger. But so I, I think if you see it in isolation, it's not it doesn't really have that same impact because you're right. They all just look big from the outside. But inside, I think, might be a different a different answer because I that atrium is very different in the openness of it or lack of openness on the magic class ship. So I love to hear what you thought when you step onto the wonder and they announce your family name and yeah. So we stepped on, we were the first one for our boarding group. So literally we walked right on. Unlike when we boarded during COVID, there's no one in there except the entertainment staff and Mickey, and they kind of usher you straight through. And so they said our name, you know, the Wilson family and we're like, cool. And then we walk in and there's like, just like seven people clapping and they're like, okay, walk this way. And it was like, oh, that was it. So, but I will say that the atrium to me is not a um, a hub in the sense of you, you kind of pass through it. Now mm-hmm. there is, there was the pumpkin tree lighting show. I forget the formal title. And so at that point you gather around, there was the um, sail away show at the end where they bring out all the performers and there's characters. So there was things that we were in there for, but overall it was like, yep, this is the center of the ship. We go to main dining off this. We'll pop by here at times. There's three levels, just like the bigger ship. But to me and my wife, it was like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a little bit tighter, but it's not that much different. Like the Again, the style was a little different, but it felt similar. And the thing that got us, and I realize, I don't know if people have talked about this. I, we were so excited to get back on a Disney ship. As soon as we walk in, the smell of the ship hit us. And I don't know if you guys have been in Westin's, like Westin Hotels. But the Westin has like a signature scent. And so we we went there on our honeymoon. We stayed there a couple of times. And you walk in, you're like, oh, that's the Westin. And I walked in and I looked at... We both looked at each other. We're like, it smells like a Disney cruise ship. And I'm like, we got to bottle that and make candles. People would buy that like crazy. Oh, they do, Josh. They do, Josh. The, the Magic Candle Company. I don't know if they make a Disney cruise ship smell, but they do have... Uh, I have it here. They have sea salt and H2O, uh, which is supposed oh. to be one of their kind of like Disney Cruise Line theme ones. But yeah. But there is actually, there is a proprietary smell that they're pumping into the vents there. Um, I, I can't remember what I saw. It was some kind it's of... It's called the smell know, of cash. It's called the yeah. smell of cash. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but, it's, you know, but it's some, you know, some blend of, you know, lavender and whatever, you know, all of these sort of things that you would expect to be in perfumes. They do have a scent. It's not super strong. I bet... You know, if they started pumping like the smell of chicken fingers through those vents, you will be flocking to that pool deck. I want to say something so badly, but we have to save food for the end. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> chicken fingers, keep going. 
<laughs> well, beyond the atrium, Josh, just I, I, overall impressions of the ship. The Magic class ships are different than the Dream class ones. I, I'll, I will stop saying that now at this point in the show to, to <laughs> curb any sort of drinking game that might develop. But um, they're very different. And so decor size, layout's fairly similar. You know, adult areas in one area of the ship, pool deck up top, all that sort of stuff. But what did you think overall about the ship as you compared it with your experience aboard? I think it was the dream, not the fantasy, the dream before. Yeah, I was on the dream. And instantly I felt like I knew where I was. Like Mm -hmm. the dream and the wonder are very similarly laid out, right? It's like your adult spaces, your bars are on decks, what, three and four. They have the D lounge. They have um, Azure or whatever you, whatever fancy way you say that, right? Like we, we instantly knew where we were. It was just the top deck on the wonder I think is, nine the pool deck and on yep. the dream class ships i think it's 11 i could be 11. wrong 11 yep exactly it's two two decks different basically yeah so it felt very familiar and i will say for the bars for the main three decks three four and five it felt very easy to navigate i didn't feel like anything was smaller when we got up to the pool deck the main pool area definitely felt a tiny bit smaller and a little more quaint i would say but the quiet cove area was delightful and mm-hmm. i felt like that layout of the cove cafe that blended into the quiet cove pool area i like that way more than the one on the dream and the dream and the fantasy have the little swim up bar which is kind of cool and it's definitely looks a little better and i will say the dream class ships they they have what the wonder has but it's a little bit bigger and they have some add-ons like for instance satellite falls is was one of our favorite spots on the dream and they didn't have that here but the adult pool made up for it with a bunch of loungers all yeah. around it so yeah i i felt it was similar we uh, i'll just i'll let the cat out of the bag i went in thinking this will be my favorite disney cruise ship and as soon as we walked around i was like yeah this is it and as soon as i was leaving i was like that's this is like the perfect size as far as the amount of people on board when you're doing a deck party or an atrium party or when you're going to a show um, it just felt like the right size which makes sense that disney in a lot of ways and we'll talk about this hasn't changed a lot of how they do their cruising they, now of course they've updated technologies come into play they're learning and growing but they're just increasing what they've already done well on the dream class ships and then now onto the wish class ships so overall love the size love the layout yeah totally agree with you on the pool deck particularly the adult area of the pool deck i think the adult area on the wonder and the magic is better and I don't care that you don't have Satellite Falls. Even though I like Satellite Falls on the on the dream and the fantasy, you don't need it because you have a better regular, you know, adult pool deck. But I think if you're talking about family pool deck, then the wish is is where it's at. So I know you haven't been on the wish yet, but that's just the spoiler. The Wish has the best family pool deck by far. Yeah, well, now we just have to get Josh up into the concierge lounge on the Wonder and he'll never <laughs> sail another ship <laughs> again because it's it's he'll right off that adult anywhere. pool area. It's fantastic. It's it's, it's the fantastic. best part of yeah. the ship. I actually got to meet the concierge host in the lounge because they told me they will kick me off the ship if I don't stop licking the windows while staring in at the lounge. <laughs> so that was really nice. <laughs> you have to keep those windows clean somehow, Josh. <laughs> You could just get a job, know. you know? Yeah, yeah it's true. I, but I, but seriously, we walked by so many times. And first off, my wife's like, what's that? I was like, that's the concierge lounge. 
And everybody says this is like one of the best concierge lounges, not including the Wish, obviously, on the yeah. whole fleet. And she's like, yeah, it looks like it. And I was like, yeah. well... Maybe in like 30 years, you know, when we cash out our retirement. There we go. <laughs> Let's front load one of Sam's favorite discussions. And I know, Josh, you enjoy it too. Shows. Shows on board. You get a very different slate of shows, a different theater. Which shows did you have? I think for sure the Golden Mickeys probably. Uh, but what were the shows on board and what did you think? So Frozen is the main show. And yep. we had the Golden Mickeys. And then there was Dream or Dreams. And that's the one where it's the, the girl going to sleep at night. Peter and Pan Peter comes Pan. into her room. Yep. So we, I pre-watched two of the shows, not Frozen, because I knew that was going to be great and we're going to see that. But I pre-watched the other two because when I saw Believe, or as Sam calls it, A Man and His Flower, yep. um, I was like, man, I wish... I, I, I didn't wish I, I wouldn't have seen it. I would have been fine not seeing it. And so pre-watching the shows, my wife asked me, hey, what shows should we see? And I said, you know what? We'll probably see all of them. Because there's there's not a ton to do in the evenings and and it's worth it. Frozen for sure. The other two we could probably pass. And I said out of Golden Mickey's and Dreams, I would say let's see Dreams and not Golden Mickey. So night one they have Golden Mickey's and I go I don't think this is going to be good. We go to it and I just have to say this show is embarrassing. It is embarrassing for Disney to play the show on their ships. And literally, as uh, I was going to say Michael Eisner, that actually would have been better. But when <laughs> Bob, Iger Bob Iger pops up on the screens from a recording from the early 2000s when he became a CEO, I look at my wife and I go, I know you don't know who Bobby Chapek is. And I'm so happy he's not on the screen because one, I don't like him. And two, this is way more embarrassing than if they updated it. But I mean, mm -hmm. they, they literally have footage. That looks 20 years old of yeah. Bob, you know, Iger interacting with the main character. And not only that, they you have Tarzan in the show, which most kids aren't familiar with. You have Quasimodo from The Hunchback. And I'm like, that was from an eye. Yeah, but I got to disagree with you about Quasimodo, Josh, because that is like out there is one of the best songs from an animated movie ever. And so and so is God Help the Outcast also from from Hunchback of Notre Dame. So I agree with you. It's all completely dated. Agree with you. It needs updates. But don't but don't get me started on that song because we're not going to we're not going to agree there. <laughs> but, but you know what, Sam? We had the golden era of the 90s. That's when I, I grew know. up with Little Mermaid and The Lion King. And then there was this cliff that all all these movies went off and Tarzan and and I'm like, where, when's the Emperor new, Emperor's New Groove going to pop group? up in Atlantis? <laughs> like, that's the quality here. And and literally at the end of the show, I was like the. Uh, performers were amazing. Yeah. And of course, the storyline is very good. And that's where Royal Caribbean, if you heard my last podcast, just for lack of better phrases, they are terrible. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, the story, the story has story one. Line. But the costumes, the stage design, the choices of movies that they put in there, having the former CEO be the person on a four by three screen. Like literally they're using four by three projectors in here, which if you're not a techie person, you're like, that's the old, you know, boob tube televisions. I'm like, Disney should be embarrassed. And I bet you the cast, when they go out, they look at each other like, man, I hope this doesn't get out that I was in this stage show. And I hope that my Frozen performance is good enough because that's going to get me a job on Broadway. Like that's what yeah. I felt like. Right. You yeah. could get rid of Cruella DeVille scene. You know, like there's a, you could. Oh, you could they should substitute. update the Cruella scene. They should update well, the they Cruella could update, scene. Right. That's the other part. They could update the Cruella scene to the new Cruella for, you know, that movie. So there's a lot that they could do. I totally agree with you to update it. But a lot of people love that show. 
show. I'm not sure why, because I don't think it's no. that good. I, I, I like you though. We'll pretty much go see every show, even though I've seen it, and even though I know, even if I know it's not that great, it's not my favorite. It's not Beauty and the Beast, but. But do you know what people like it in part because of the pre-show experience, the red carpet, kids walking down. They film them. They do the live stuff. They weren't doing it on our sailing. I was going to ask Josh, were they doing that on your sailing where they're kind of interviewing kids on the red carpet? Yeah, they interview kids. They bring them on for the stage show where they have Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And again, that those touches are very cute. Mm-hmm. But the I'll be straight up. The quality of the show and the props and the, the choices and movies, I was like, this feels cheap. This feels knockoff. And mm-hmm. it may be people's pets and Disney's pet, but eventually your pet gets old and you got to put it to sleep and get a new one. And Disney desperately needs a new show. It's just the truth. Well, what about Frozen, Josh? What did you think about Frozen? Frozen was amazing. I mean, uh, um, yeah, it's uh, and, brilliant, right? Yeah, I, I we're big Frozen fans in our house. My daughter wears an Elsa nightgown or an Anna nightgown, depending on who wins in the battle in her brain that day every night. And so I, I love Frozen. I love the characters, and so the show is really well done. There's not much more I could say. It's it's very very high quality. The singers are very good. Everything off the charts. Exactly what you would expect from a Disney show. And so it, I, I had high expectations. I came out happy. So what more can I say? Love to know what you thought of Believe, though, because Dreams, Disney Dreams, does have some of your golden age songs in it. We've got some pink pajamas, penguins on the bottoms, right? I mean, <laughs> Josh doesn't know what I'm talking about, or does he? I I, no, I do. I feel like Dreams was a show that I go, you know what? That's a good show. That's Disney. It's dated. Mm-hmm. The wardrobe is dated. And some of the movie references are dated. But but I felt like that was very acceptable. You'll notice I, I may come off to people who hear me as like hypercritical. And I'm just very analytical. And I'm very honest in my analysis. And I feel like Frozen is over the top. I felt the Golden Mickeys is a complete flop. And take mm-hmm. the rhyme with you. And I felt like Dreams was a very good but dated in, mm-hmm. in, in a show that I would say, I would hope they would update that in like the next year. And so that's how I felt. Like I felt it was good, but I definitely felt like it was time for something new. Well, it's why we love having you on, Josh. Fair critiques, hard critiques. Uh, I right. can't wait. I've got, a, I've got a penultimate question for you at the end of the show that I can't wait to hear the answer to at this point. But I want to talk about some activities you got up to on board before we get into some of the port stops. Uh, you mentioned uh, before the show, you did some new things this sailing. And I know one of them, Sam's going to be very excited to hear about because uh, it's a little bingo. So Josh played Ooh. bingo for yeah. the first time. And so what'd you think about bingo, Josh? First time doing bingo. And I was I was definitely expecting a little more action. Like it was really fun. We got the, the they call it vacation bingo. It does it for you tablet, right. which man, if you're going to do bingo, do that. It's really great. Our our host was excellent. I forget her name. She is, um, I was going to say she's from, I, she's from Ireland. It could have been Scotland. It's all the same to me. I apologize to any <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but every time, every time she said, 30, she said 30. So she said, oh, 33. And I, it was just like, that's so great. She, it was funny because everybody would repeat it to the to, to like their their neighbor, like, oh, 33. And she's like, I know, I, I know you're repeating me out there. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Sounds Irish. <laughs> at least your at least your rendition of her is Irish. <laughs> Thank you. D- do not please do not take my rendition as actually being accurate. Um, <laughs> 
bingo itself, man, people were really into it. I felt like it went by so fast the first couple rounds, which was good, but there was like only one winner. And I was like, you know what? It, it would be kind of fun if there was like one winner than another. And maybe I'm just not v- well-versed in bingo. <laughs> I felt like you have, us, you have us on a hook and then it's like next game. And then the last one, the blackout just took forever. forever. And I felt like the prizes did not match the amount of people in playing the games. And that's where I go. I know they're in this to make money. I know it's the only gambling Disney does and that's how it works. I just felt like when they're like, and the winner for this round gets... And I was like, well, I paid $40. So I would think $400. And they're like, $123 of onboard credit that could be (laughs) refunded to them after the cruise. I was like, what the heck? We just had a listener on and I'm trying to remember which ship they were on. They won six grand out of bingo. That's because they won one of the progressive ones at the end of the cruise. They didn't, it wasn't one of the early ones. It was like, it wasn't the biggest jackpot, which is the blackout in a certain number of numbers or something. It was the one right before that. So that's why they got, they didn't get the $10,000 prize, but they got like a $6,000 prize. But Disney handed them an envelope of cash, which I also thought was hilarious. (laughs) Like it wasn't an envelope. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're like, here's your envelope of cash to take off the ship. But, But so I think the prizes can get up there, but yeah, your points will take. (laughs) They do not match what people have paid because you you sometimes see there'll be like 50 people in the room and each one of them has paid 40 to 50 dollars. And there's no way that the prize money is equivalent in one bingo session to all of those people's bingo buy-ins. Yeah, it's not even close. And the interesting thing is if somebody asked the host, when's the last time somebody won the blackout big prize? And it was it was in the price range of like six to ten thousand dollars. So I would say that person who won it. And she goes, Oh, you know, somebody won it like two weeks ago, but it had been uh, uh, months before. And I'm thinking, right. okay, they, they run these cruises. They play bingo four times a week. Yeah. And so for you to say somebody you know won $6,000, I was like, without this podcast, no one would know that. And we would all hope it would happen, but we would think in the back of our minds, it never will. So that's yeah. really... That's awesome for them. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, so I know one of the other activities you tried out, Josh, was a movie in the Buena Vista Theater. What'd you see? And what'd you think? Was it a good use of your time at sea? I, I don't know what the weather was like. That's one thing that I think can drive whether a movie day makes sense is if it's kind of meh uh, here out in the Pacific, like sitting in a movie theater for uh, for a couple hours can be kind of nice. But what did you think? We got great weather. I mean, it was low 70s every day, which when you live in the Pacific Northwest and today it's 40 some degrees or 30 some degrees, it's like, that sounds really nice. So for us, the weather was great. I had my checklist of things I wanted to do this cruise that I did not do my first cruise on Disney. So Apollo Brunch, watching a movie in the Buena Vista Theater, getting popcorn before the show because that wasn't available, playing bingo and like going to mixology. Like that was my checklist. And so the the movie theater was great. And I think for we got off that seven night Royal Caribbean Alaska cruise. For my family who weren't as into cruising, a movie theater playing new movies or movies in the theme. So they had Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2 for Halloween yeah. would have been a huge win. And so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the theater was very nice. It's quite steep. So there's no bad yeah. seats. Mm-hmm. Depending on when you go, I, I actually, <laughs> fun fact, I went like three different showings and watched the movie through three parts. <laughs> and um, there, there was hardly... There was hardly anybody in there and it was pretty nice. So 
That's a smart way to do it. I, I don't know that I would have thought to break it up, but like one of the things I find that's hard about seeing a movie on board, unless it's like a brand new new release, you know, movie, I'm probably going to skip a movie, even though I have seen obviously movies on, on board the Disney ships, because I feel like it tends to conflict. It's like a two or three hour chunk of time, if three hours if it's a Marvel movie, right? And so you've got to like figure out where do I have a two or three hour chunk of time with all these other activities I want to go to. But I, I actually think the splitting it up into two or three parts is probably a great idea because they do play the same movies multiple times across the cruise. So maybe you see the first hour, you know, on day two, the second hour on, you know, day three and the last hour on day four. Like I said, if it's a Marvel movie, you're talking three hours. So, uh, Josh, you mentioned Mixology. I know you gave Mixology a try, a fan favorite that you might have a hot take on here. So what was your thought on Mixology, Josh? So I will preface this by saying my wife, unexpectedly, when we are on our Royal Caribbean cruise, I, I, I noticed, I said, hey, there's Mixology here on Royal Caribbean. And it was $25. And I said, you know what? I'll watch the kids because we had our kids with us on that cruise. We didn't on this cruise, by the way. So my wife had done the the mixology class on Royal Caribbean. And she says, it was incredible. We made like the five or six drinks that you would expect to learn how to make. They learned how to make sex on the beach. They learned how to make an old fashioned. They, they learned the classic drinks that you would enjoy. Yeah. And so... We both signed up for Mixology at first, and then my wife, my wife's a pretty small gal, and so she's like, I'm not going to drink all my drinks, so you're going to have to finish them all, and then you have your own, and we don't need that. <laughs> I was like, well, I agree too. So we just had her do it, and I observed. And unlike the Royal Caribbean one, the goal of Mixology is not to teach you how to make drinks. The goal of Mixology is for the bartenders to have some fun and for you to try and explore drinks that you may have never heard of or never experienced or a, a tweak or a twist on a drink that you do enjoy. Yeah. And one gal in our, it, we enjoyed it. It was really, if your goal is to try new drinks, it's a really fun experience. I do feel it's a bit overpriced for that experience. Yeah. Yeah, what is it now? It's like $45 a person or something? It was, it was I think it was 50 or 60 a person. Wow. It was quite yeah. steep. And one gal who definitely was inebriated before she came in, <laughs> and she was just chatting in general, but um, she raised her hand in the middle of the presentation and was like, when are we going to actually learn how to make drinks? Isn't this called mixology? And my wife goes, she may be drunk, but she makes fair points. And, um, <laughs> we, we both left feeling like it was a really fun experience. So nothing to dig on it, but it is not a class to help you learn how to make drinks. It's a class to help you experience fun mixed drinks. That's true yeah. across a lot of those kinds of offerings on board. So if, 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 if I think ones. about the, yeah. the cooking classes, they're more cooking demonstrations than they are yeah. classes. The only class he really had at one point was Be Our Chef. And even I'm hearing that was fairly limited to even like, so I took a celebrity cruise way back when and they had like a a chef cooking class. You actually were in the kitchen cutting your ingredients, making the dish. And then, you know, the chef would be kind enough to also share what he made. So you could have a comparison to, to check your own dish against, but you were cooking, you were cooking. Uh, and I think on Disney, it's a lot more of the demonstration. And I don't know if that's just like the evolution of like health and safety codes over time and that kind of thing. But as you said, in, on Royal Caribbean, you got to mix your own drinks. So I think it's just a choice that Disney is, uh, Disney is making over how they want to put these classes on. And all the drink tastings, I think are like that. Just 
as a an aside, like they have a bunch of different kinds and they're all really, ta- I'll call them tastings. I want to put a big asterisk next to tastings. It's more like paid drinking sessions. Like it's, yeah. it's not, you're not getting yeah. necessarily small pours of anything. The beer tasting was like smaller glasses, but on the liquor side, I feel like you're getting a pretty decent couple shots of liquor per drink. Yes, but it's not, it's still not the full size. I'd say it's like a two third size though. It's not like a half size or a quarter size. Yeah. Yeah. And we had done the beer tasting before and we felt like we learned. I, I We both like beer. We learned about it. It was a good amount of alcohol. It, you're not going to get drunk, but you're going to enjoy yourself. And for this, I what I wish is I wish they would have, as they were talking about what's in the drink, show you them making it. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it yeah. w- would be not necessary, but I just wish I could see anybody making it instead of just saying, hey, we take pistachio and it takes a long time for it to soak in X, Y, Z. And then we put it into a whipped cream canister. And it's like, I, I and maybe it's just the engaging person that I try to be. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and it, I present a lot. And so in presenting, it's like, instead of just somebody sitting there being a talking head, show me, show me how right, you mix it. Demo. Show me as it yeah. comes to life. Yeah. yeah. And so again, a good experience. I thought a bit, overpriced still fun and i and i i feel like disney could disneyfy it just a Mm -hmm. touch more and um that's just my two cents hey dcl duo fans you know we get the question all the time should i use a travel agent to book my next disney cruise or should i just book with disney directly and i'm going to tell you if you have that question in the back of your mind right now you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash dcl duo the folks over at my path unwinding provide an amazing service they are so knowledgeable and so friendly we rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service and the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it disney other tour providers and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash Duo, so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. Well, since we're talking about drinking, Josh, I know that you have an entry here for bars on board. Of course, The Wonder is home to Tiana's Place, which also means it's the home of the French Quarter Lounge, which was a sort of popular bar makeover. But you also have Crown and Finn, a big pub on board, much bigger than what's on the Fantasy or the Dream. Yeah. What did you think of the bar spaces on board? And and yeah, Azure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we loved them. Like the French Quarter Lounge was great. And we only got beignets there, which, wow, those are good. Those beignets are not Disneyland beignets. Mm -hmm. They don't have copious amounts of powdered sugar that they should from the actual French Quarter, as I've heard you guys say very, very well. Uh, but they were really good. Uh, the Yeah, the bar spaces are huge and the ship mm-hmm. is smaller. I, I, my brain just kept going. I'm walking into this pub and I remember going into the pub on the Dream 687 and it was a tiny little guy. And I walk in here and I'm like, this is a full-on pub here. I just kept thinking, I mean, my honest thought was like, how did they mess this up on the Dream Class ships? How did they not have the, uh, the same size or bigger? Um, and because there wasn't COVID, the pub would put out pub snacks like chick hot wings and jalapeno poppers and you know it's like i would roll out of the dining rooms barely uh not throwing up and then walk in there with my wife to like 
look at what, what was on sports and I'd be like, well, I got to get some chicken wings now. Like it was great. Like, <laughs> the environments were awesome. I mean, they're there and they're free, right? Or sorry, included. Yeah. <laughs> I think the yeah. difference is on the, the dream and the fantasy, you get some extra bar spaces, right? You get Skyline yeah, Lounge more. and you get Ooh La La. So that, I think that might drive some of it. They're the only questionable choice more. I have speaking about updates as we talk about updating shows is I like the Cadillac Lounge, but it's a head scratcher for me as to like, what is exactly the association between Disney and Cadillac? And, and is it time for that place to get a, just a bit of a makeover? And something? It's a fun space, but I, I was last time I was on there, I was like, it suddenly hit me. Why Cadillac? Like, why do we choose Cadillac? <laughs> ah, because of the GM partnership that you see in Test Track, you see yes. in the minivans in Disney World and all over. Yes. And so I think that will stay. And what was funny is that's where the mixology was. And when we walked in, it was like the only spot on the ship that kind of had like a a musty, like borderline engine exhaust smell. And my wife's like, well, I guess it fits the theme. So <laughs> <laughs> let's shift gears for a second, because I think we're going to quickly run into food here. But let's shift gears for a second. I would love to hear about your Catalina port stop, because it was personally one of our absolute favorites. It really cracks removing Castaway Key from the equation. It really cracks kind of the top three port stops for me at this point point, even including some of our Norway ports. I just, I love the compact size of it. What did you think about Catalina as a port stop and what did you get up to there? Yeah. Catalina, again, thank you for saying not including Castaway Key because that place is heaven on earth. It was so nice being at Catalina Island. Thanks to the advice of Brian and Sam, we got off and we instantly went and rented a golf cart and you don't have to pre-book those. I found it interesting. The one we went to, you needed cash for your primary um, deposit because they give that back to you. They take a $60 at this time deposit in case you damage it. And they give you a loop that you can take and it takes about an hour. And that was so delightful. If you haven't been to Catalina, Brian and Sam have obviously talked about it. It's very, very small. And the main city center is very quaint and cute. It's right on the ocean, except there's not really beaches. So that was the only negative is there isn't really a place to lay out or to dig in the sand. You can, but there's a lot of rocks and it's 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 not for swimming. It'd be more just the experience. I, I don't know if you have a thought on that, Brian. Did you check out at all? So if you go to where the casino is, which is now not, no longer a casino for everyone out there, it's a theater. I think they've turned into a theater and you can mm-hmm. tour it. If you kind of, as you're facing the ocean, you go left. We saw like a path you could walk down to what looked to be a beach club kind of experience. I did not look to see if that beach was sandy versus rocky. Uh, and I do know on the West Coast, we get a lot of rocky beaches at times. And so um, did you check that out at all as, from a beach standpoint? Yeah. So I looked into that beforehand because on this trip, we showed up to San Diego day early. My wife's like, hey, are we going to... Are, are there opportunities to have a beach day? And we know it's not the Caribbean. We know it's not yeah. Florida. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, it looks like there's this small resort you can pay to to have a beach chair. And they have the their own private beachfront, which is what you're talking about, Brian. And as I looked at the pictures, I instantly snoozed out. I was like, oh, they have brought in their own sand. They've created a beach environment until you get up to the water and then it gets pretty rocky. And when I say Mm -hmm. rocky, I mean like it wouldn't be enjoyable. Yeah, barefoot. So it's not really the full beach experience. It's like if if it was the summertime and, and you wanted to just cool off and then be able to lay out, that would be a great spot. 
And actually behind that, we took our golf cart as far as it could go because being me, I'm like, I'm going to go until I see a sign that says I can't. And there was there was the high ropes course and they had a whole adventure course and it looked like something Disney built. It was really, really neat. Oh, and so cool. if you go on the golf tour, go past the casino and they there is a final sign that says, hey, you can't go further in a golf cart. But it was really cool to see the, the biggest high ropes course I'd ever seen. And it was just really cool looking. There is one other fun kind of site you can see if you've been to Catalina before. They have an airport in the sky called the airport in the sky, I believe it is. And anyway, if you can find your way up there, it is a really it is a really interesting thing to see. It's not a hustle and bustle of activity. They do have flights in and out of Catalina, very, very small planes. It has a very short runway and it starts at a cliff and ends at a cliff. And so it's really interesting if you can be up there and watch a plane kind of kind of come in. Uh, it's a fun, uh, a fun little uh, spot to see, but only if you've been to Catalina before, I would say. Did you, after your golf cart tour, did you tour around the downtown area at all? Yeah, we walked around the downtown area and... And I will say the golf tour, or the golf cart tour was very nice. And there were spots to pull off and take pictures. And wow, talk about the most picturesque pictures of the ship you can have. Mm -hmm. And you guys have posted a lot from your fjord um, cruise. And I was like, that feels like the Catalina Island pictures. Like you're up yeah. above, beautiful scenery. And then, yeah, we walked around the touristy spot uh, right where the tender drops you off. There's a really nice park, which once you have kids, every park you look at, you're like, my kid would love that park. And um, the, the waterfront area. This is so true, Josh, because when we were in Norway, I, every time I see a park, I'd be like, oh my God, Brian, Nathan would love that park. And Nathan wasn't with us. Yeah, and my comment was, he's not here. Why are we staring <laughs> are at, we parks? at parks? <laughs> yeah and when you when you become a parent like me you go man my son eli would love that slide but really what i'm saying is i would love to go down it and i don't have him here to cover for me to go on it so <laughs> i'd love to imagine if sam and nathan were wandering around they might look at something and go wow that looks like a bar that daddy would enjoy going into but i doubt it so <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and that's true. If I see a bur if I see a bourbon spot, I'm like, oh, I bet Brian would really enjoy no. that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, the the downtown shopping area, they have like a Vons, which is like a Safeway or or uh, whatever they're called nowadays, grocery store. Uh, that was that was nice too. And so it was a really cute city. I'll be honest, I didn't expect much and I was mm -hmm. pleasantly surprised by how cute and yeah. quaint it was. Yeah. Well, I've got one more section of questions here, Josh, before wait, wait, we hit Ensenada, food. Ensenada, though, we got to ask He didn't get off in Ensenada. Well, did, I'm asking if... No, I why would you? you got, yeah, okay. Okay, just making sure. Just checking. Just checking. Okay. I, I've seen a video of the blowhole. Yeah, you could yeah, go to the bloopedora like Brian drugged me to. <laughs> Look it up on YouTube and that'll be... You can say, hey, you know, I saw the blowhole on YouTube and enjoyed the ship and I paid a lot of money to go on that cruise, so I'm going to enjoy the ship yeah. <laughs> in a nice port. So We have we have some video of the blowhole in our trip report from our April cruise. Uh, it was fun to see. I would, if I went back, it would only be for the tacos that are at the, <laughs> the beginning of the walk down to the blowhole. I might try to do the kayaking thing. I think that that kayak tour gets a good, uh, a good review. And then we had someone on the show, Chris out there who sailed there a few times, who has recommended to us that there's a couple bars in Ensenada where you can go get kind of like the original margarita kind of thing. So um, I think there are some probably fun excursions, just like in Nassau. I think there's a couple excursions we might end up trying, but I agree. I don't. I don't want to just get off the boat and wander around in Nassau that, or wander around in Ensenada. See how quickly I confuse them. We got to shift into dining. Uh, this is the segment of the show I'm going to call Josh's controversial hot takes on Disney food. Because uh, <laughs> coming. I know. I know he's got a couple in here. I'm not going to spoil what they are. Oh no, uh, Josh. You had second seating for the first time. You noted in 
your uh, in your comments before the show. You also noted something that I always find frustrating, which is the uh, the lines to get in the restaurants. I don't understand yeah. Disney's need to replicate a park's experience on board a ship at dinner. But yes, the lines are crazy. I also don't understand the people who show up 20 minutes early for dinner, though, and are waiting in that hallway, like show up at the time or within five minutes before or after and you'll get seated. But that's my own. And, and my two cents on that, I don't think that's Disney. I think that's Disney people. When you're yes. used to going to the parks, you're used to being rewarded for showing up early. You do that. Anyway, so we had second dining. Uh, our goal was to... My, my wife's goal was, hey, if we could have a few less children, that would be great. And sure enough, there was less children. There was a little more space. The funny thing is when we first walked in, one, we found the end of the line, which was in the atrium to go to Tiana's place, which, wow, what a great restaurant. And as we get up to the hostess, they're like, what's your table number? And I I was like, uh, I've never been asked my table number before because I've only been here during the pandemic. And and so I quickly and I, I'm not I'm a guy who usually is pretty prepared. So I quickly find my app. Oh, I'm 47. Okay, here you go. So yeah, so that was I, we enjoyed second seating. And our first night was at Tiana's, which was great. Yeah, what you what you think about the the food and the show and Tiana's? You 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 like all of it end to end? Yeah, we the environment was so nice. Like we felt like the style uh, of Tiana's was really good. Um, the food I we thought was really good. One thing I ordered the I don't know if it's called it's the sausage. I would say sausage oh, balls. Boudin. That sound bad. Boudin. The boudin. The boudin. Yeah. Yeah. And when when they came out, I, my first bite, I was like, "Oh, this is very, very lukewarm. Like this has been sitting out for a long time." And so I told him, "Hey, like he's like, how was it?" I was like, "It, it, it was very cold." And and he looked horrified. And I said, "It's fine. The, the flavor profile was okay." And then as my next um, dish came out, he brought a super fresh hot one, and it was worlds better. I still thought it was just mediocre, but it was so much better not being room temperature. Overall, the show, the live music was great. The food was very good. And we really... I think that was our favorite restaurant out of the three. It was really good. It sounds odd, Josh. I almost wonder if when you get on, you should inform your main dining staff up front, like, please make sure the dishes you bring me are hot. <laughs> hot. Right? Because you had that oh, experience we? with the bursets. Yeah. So I lied. I realized Tiana's was our second night. And the first night, I prepped our server at Animators that I needed hot black truffle presets because yeah. my life is at stake. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's well, it's time for the review, Josh. Oh Second goodness. round of truffle presets. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't even know if I want to hear this. This is making <laughs> like I'm giving, I'm having such anxiety right now. I don't know if I even want to know if you like. That's the, the payback presets. for the amount of pressure that you've put on Josh <laughs> through multiple shows and comments about his review. I know. Of I, the truffle presets I love to time. give shout outs to Josh in every show where somebody talks about the truffle presets. <laughs> sets and I, I say shout out sometimes it's a dig <laughs> every time i smile and i love it i love i love being the guy that doesn't like them and so i went in telling myself you're gonna like them you're gonna get them piping hot and fun fact i recorded my first bites of the black truffle percent so i will send you guys the video go on the dcl duo facebook group so you can watch me take my bite i told our server hey my life's on the line i've been threatened by multiple people for not liking these black truffle percents i need them hot Hot. I felt like the episode of The Office. I need them hot. I need them immediately. And if not, I will send them back. And so <laughs> he brought them out. He said, these are really hot. My wife's were too. And she really liked them the first time. And so, she, you know, she took a bite. It's like, oh, yeah, they're so good. And so I took a video. I took a bite. And I said, that's exactly how they tasted the first time. Just a little bit hotter. These are nothing to write home about. Oh, filled oh, oh, pastries. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh well. <laughs> well, so you know, I got what? the full experience. Yeah. 
but it, guys, it, <laughs> it's not for everybody. Not for it's everybody. Not, I guess it's not for everybody. Your wife likes them. Um, so I think next time, I think we're going to have to, instead of having Josh <laughs> on the show, I think we're inviting Josh's wife on the show. <laughs> it's been a great run, guys. It's been a great <laughs> run. Thanks for having and you, me. And you, and you know, my hopes were up because, <laughs> because in the notes he sent me beforehand, he said, big news. And I was like, oh, this means good news. But no, nope, <laughs> no nope. surprise. There you go. Well, let's keep the train going with food here for a second. You had Animator's Palette, but it sounds like you didn't get a show in Animator's Palette? No. So yeah, Animator's Palette, Black Truffle Presets, nothing to write home about. Sam, please make fun of me for the rest of life. The rest um, of your I, life. I did get the, I think, it, I don't know if it had wasabi. It says like wasabi steak. One of the best steaks I've ever had main dining. It's the it's the wasabis and the mashed potatoes. It's, the teri- it's like a teriyaki beef tenderloin thing with wasabi mashed potatoes. And I, and I ordered it rare because they never actually make it rare, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And so it was more medium rare. That was best main dining steak I've ever had on a cruise ship besides Paulo. So, and yes, they did the color change. They played the show, but Mickey didn't come out. And so, and, and mm. the waiter's vest didn't change. I guess they dropped that years ago. And so it felt very anticlimactic. Like it was, it was okay, but not, not a show. You know, you're the second person we've had. Actually, somebody wrote in or called in about not getting a show in animators. I can't remember which ship that she was on, though, if she was on the Dream or the Fantasy. Some of this has to be crew members getting sick, like entertainment staff getting sick, because they have such a small entertainment staff on board. I was suspecting if Mickey didn't come out that his best friend was sick that night. So, yeah, yeah. But that's that's, you know, that's it's always disappointing because that's like one of the big things about animators palette. So, Josh, you also had Tritons, and I happen to know that you have a hot take about a fan favorite coming out of the Tritons, the Tritons kitchen. So I will do a trigger warning for uh, our friend Steve Creasy, who might be out there listening. But, Josh, uh, go, go ahead. What's your what was you had a fan favorite dish that maybe did not live up to expectations? So I had never tried escargot. Now, well, now wait and keep listening. I never tried escargot until I went cruising. My first cruise right before our Disney cruise was Royal Caribbean. I ordered the escargot. It was the best food I've ever put in my mouth. It was, it was, I, I literally on our Royal Caribbean cruise that we did in Alaska, our second one, I had two orders of escargot every single night. It's that good. Since then, I've come home and when we go to high end restaurants, I order the escargot and it's very good. The worst escargot I have had my life to date is on a Disney cruise. And when I ordered it again, I said, make sure it's hot. You know how I like things now, Be- uh, like a normal person. And I, they brought it out. <laughs> They said, Mr. Wilson, it's so hot. And I ate it and I was like, yeah, it's hot garbage. Like the escargot is just not that good. So. <laughs> hot garbage. I've never oh, had them bring cold escargot. I've never no, I've had never that because like yeah, the, the dish is always so hot you can't even get the near ceramic it. is hot. Yeah. yeah that's it, it, yeah. It, it, it. Sometimes it's too hot. Like I've burnt my mouth a couple of times. I want to agree with Josh to some extent because I have had escargot other places. I think the way oh, Disney does it yeah. is very different because normally there's like a, a cheese on top or something in addition to the garlic and butter and and Disney just does the garlic and butter. I also just my own take. You need more than one piece of bread if you're going to actually like the yes. whole point of escargot is you eat the snail and then you have this dish full of butter and garlic that you can sop up with bread and they give you one breadstick and it's just not it's not enough. So oh, yeah, um, I use the yeah. other bread. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and I and I should preface it was not garbage it was not bad it was just I felt like when I hear people rave about the escargot I just think to myself it would be like raving about a fillet and not having a fillet at Palo or at an actual yeah. steakhouse it's like man it, it may be good but there's so many better options out there if you tried it in other areas so that that's just my take and I feel that way about the black truffle presets too as, as Brian has said before and I really appreciated when he said it remember everyone this is still arguably catering food for a large event. Mm-hmm. And so you're, there are some drawbacks. And and for me, going into it with that mindset keeps my expectations at bay and then allows me to be pleasantly surprised instead of having high expectations and continually, like black truffle presets, letting me down, you know? <laughs> All right. I know we have one more hot take and then I have to ask Josh about Palo Brunch because this is his first Palo Brunch experience. But you got one more hot take that puts you at odds with Paul Rudd. And so what is your, what is your hot take on uh, the chicken fingers, Josh? Oh yeah. I remember having the chicken fingers on my first Disney cruise and then hearing everybody talk about them. I was like, you know, everybody says these are super good. And so when on the pool deck, I was excited to try the shawarma, which was delightful. That was my wife's favorite lunch every day. And Except I tried it comes everything. In a I was like, tortilla shell. It's not a pita. They had pitas. They had both this yeah, time. Yeah, so uh, I've had pitas before. They will have okay. pita. We had a tortilla, and I was like, "This is weird." And then they had pitas. But I, I tried the the chicken fingers. I tried them twice because I, I got to try them more than once to give a good review. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, man, I have you been to Chick Fil A? Like Chick Fil A is, is way better. Or have you have you been to the freezer section of your local grocery store and put those <laughs> in the air Like oh, anything no. is. These are just fine. And and again, I'm not that big of a food snob. Like I love random like greasy garbage food, but I just felt like the chicken fingers were nothing to write home about. So I have to agree with you on one point, which is I agree. I don't think the chicken fingers are nearly as good as Chick-fil-A. And I don't think they're anything to write home about. I think to me, it's their availability and plentifulness <laughs> that, oh. is, yeah, that, like is, that is more than anything. But Brian also loves to dip them in that honey mustard stuff. He likes to slather them in honey mustard. I really think for Brian that the 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 chicken finger is just a vehicle for the honey no, mustard no. sauce. I don't know that it's really the chicken fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Chick-fil-A ones for me are not as good as the ones on board. It's just based on really? the breading and the amount of breading. Wow. I will say that for me, they rank below, however, Cane's uh, oh, chicken yeah. fingers, but Cane's yeah. always, they're made hot and fresh. And so you're getting like a hot food item. I would be curious, Josh, did you try them out of cabanas as opposed to from the pool deck? Because I do find them to be a little bit better in cabanas because they haven't been sitting around for as, as long, long usually. Yeah. yeah. I, tr- I tried them at both. And, ju- yeah. and just to give, uh, uh, just so people know, I, I'm not just a negative Nancy. I love... The room service chicken wings are nothing special. For some reason, yeah, I love they're them. Good. They're delivered to my door. And, and the BLTs in the room service, one of the best sandwiches that I've had. And, you know, like I said, the pizza, I really like. The shawarma is good. I just felt like the chicken fingers were, they, they were the runt of the litter. So that's my my two cents on those. We got to get you on the wish, Josh, because the pool deck food on that ship is unbelievable. The pizza, the pizza is light years ahead of anything else. But the, the chicken fingers ship. are the same. Just in, uh, the, chi- the chicken fingers, chicken are, the fingers are the same. Yeah. 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 Across yeah. the yeah. Yeah. Disney has a deal with Purdue somewhere. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's move on to some fun discussion, which is brunch in Palo. Your first yeah. experience brunch in Palo. What did you think, Josh? Yeah. So we went to dinner as well. And I'll just give a quick recap. Dinner was really great. We noticed because we went to brunch first that the server we had on the dream, Sasa, was a server in Palo on the Wonder. And so we had asked him uh, that if he would 
serve us for dinner because we really enjoyed his service. I felt like we made a mistake only because I think he might have been had a couple people ask for him and he was mm. a bit overtapped. And mm. I, I realized all the waiters and waitresses are very good. And so in the future, I would say even if there's somebody you really like, I personally would just have them choose who I wanted. But that's a mute point. Brunch. But Sasha from Croatia, who is like a linguistics expert, right? That's who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. amazing. He's like such an interesting person to talk to. Yeah. So that was our dinner. It was very good. Nothing you haven't heard before. Brunch. I went in hearing everybody talk about how good Paulo Brunch is. Sam, you and Brian, or Brian, Sam, you guys both say, man, you got to try the lasagna. You have to try the chicken Parmesan. I heard people say, hey, you can order the grape and gorgonzola pizza. That's kind of not on the menu. Everything we tried was absolutely amazing. It did not in any way let us down. Paulo Brunch, best meal we had the whole time. I want to go back there right now. There's, I have nothing negative to say. Not a single thing. Yeah, Hallelujah. I think we should find a way to franchise the Palo <laughs> the Palo name and put it on land and do brunch on weekends. We'd probably make a killing. Oh my if, god, uh, if we did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we nice. would charge more. Yeah, if you if you order iced tea, they bring you iced tea ice cubes, and they have special little individual sugars, all different hard sugars. Just order iced tea with real sugar, just to look at it. Like it's that cool. Like yeah, and the food, the chicken parmesan. I'm not a chicken parmesan fan. Everybody you talk to who has this stinking chicken parmesan from Paulo, it starts with, I'm not a chicken parmesan fan, but that's one of the best things I've ever had. And that's how I felt. I was like, <laughs> how do they do it, man? Well, I'm glad to hear that Palo Brunch did not disappoint Josh. Well, as we round out the show here, before I hand you off to Sam for rapid fire, maybe just two questions I'll combine into one. One is anything that we missed that you wanted to be sure to relay. And the second one is you have now bounced Disney to Royal to Royal Disney. Where are you head next? Really good question. No First pressure. with wrap up. Only other two real small things. Number one, I found it interesting. I'm always looking for cast members. I'm always asking questions. The entertainment staff on their breaks are allowed up on the pool deck to enjoy the pool deck and the food. I asked our waiter, hey, is everybody get that privilege? And he said, nope, just the entertainment staff. So mm -hmm. keep your eyes out. You might see them when they're in port. I just found that interesting. And then the other thing, when we got off the ship, for some reason, customs had to be in their bonnet that day. And so de-embarkation took forever to the point where mm. wow. we didn't get out of the terminal until after 11, which is when people from the next cruise start coming in. It was really yeah. bad. And cast members on the cruise ship were panicking because they're like, this is so annoying. And it was just... Again, that's that's it has nothing to do with Disney. Yeah. That's all just customs. So yeah. It's a good flag for San Diego. We've had an experience here and there where it's taken much longer to disembark the ship in San Diego than it might otherwise have taken. We've also had the experience where you're on the ship, you're off the ship, and you're to the airport within 45 minutes because the airport is so close. So like from leaving your cabin to the time you set foot in the airport is 45 minutes. So yeah, I uh, remember somebody in one of the Facebook groups asked about, you know, sort of an early-ish flight out of San Diego and whether or not they could make it. And my advice to them was basically, yes, you can make it if there's no, you know, if there's no hiccups with customs, but you should plan on walking your bags off with you so that if there is any delay with customs, you know, you're still likely to make your flight. Well, I want to hear Josh's answer to where, where is he going next? Is he, is his dollar yeah. going to Disney or is it going to Royal? Coming off this cruise without our kids, 
Our next cruise will definitely be Disney. Uh, we put down a two stateroom placeholder in case our parents wanted to join us, but one, both of our parents, sets of parents, would like to. For sure, Disney. I would love to go on the small ship again. I mentioned to Brian a while ago, we're thinking about maybe doing the relocation from San Diego up to Vancouver because for us, mm-hmm. Vancouver is like an hour away. Um, for sure, the Wonder. The Wonder is just such a, it's, it's an amazing ship. To me, the Wonder and probably the Magic, they're just built so much better. You don't have to walk through cabanas every time you get off the elevator, which I think is such a stupid design on the dream class. Um, So I would say I would love to do a relocation on the West Coast. And my wife and I are also planning once our kids get a little bit older, and it's easier, we want to go do a seven day Caribbean castaway key Disney cruise, we just feel like for the family for what we enjoy, because we're Disney fans, the -hmm. Disney price tag is worth it. Even though we can get on Royal for half the price, we'd rather save up a few more bucks and enjoy Disney. Yeah, awesome. no, that makes a ton of sense. I'm glad to hear that Disney still still tugs at the heartstrings uh, now that you've had a chance to sail the classic ships. But Josh, we have reached that point in our show where if we have not subjected you enough to Sam's arbitrary judgment and feedback, we're going to subject you to it even more along with some arbitrary rules and some arbitrary questions or the round we like to call <laughs> rapid fire. So Sam, you want to take it away? Absolutely. All right, Josh, we've already asked you some of your general Disney favorites on our last show. And um, so this is going to be some of these are going to be Disney Cruise Line favorites. And in some cases, I'm going to be asking you to choose between the wonder and the dream, meaning which ship does it better. So first we'll start with what is your favorite show stage show that you have seen now on Disney Cruise Line? Beauty and the Beast. Even though Frozen was so good, Beauty and the Beast is next level. It's real high quality. That is a correct answer. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your favorite bar now? I would say for the bar, the Crown Crown and Finn is is probably my favorite. That's the pub on the Wonder. I really like the signals, surprisingly, on the Wonder. That's in the Quiet Cove area. Just because it was right next to the pool. Both of those I really enjoyed. Favorite onboard activity. And this could be on on either ship. Man, if I got on a Disney ship on a sea day and I had nothing to do, the first thing I would want to do, I don't know, get an ice cream cone and sit on the pool deck. I mean, I'm I, I the activities <laughs> to me are are they're all fun, but I, I think just relaxing at the pool. That's my yeah. go-to. Yeah. You gotta watch funnel vision with that ice cream in hand, right? This is why Josh yeah. and I have to sail together. I'll just have to like not watch well well or he'll have to not watch me as I enjoy my truffle percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> I would love to know what is your favorite rotational dining now? For sure, Tiana's Place. And I will say Enchanted Garden on the Dream, I thought was not a flop, but it just was nothing to write home about. Obviously, Royal Palace and Triton's is very similar. Animator's Palette, I I, I enjoy, but Tiana's, the live entertainment. I bet if I went on the Magic and enjoyed uh, Rapunzel's Birthday, I don't know what that's called. I would love that because I love Tangled, um, but I really like Tiana's. That's the right answer, so... Congratulations. Yes. Do for two. Do for two. What is what is your favorite savory food item now that you've sailed two different kinds of ships? Uh and this is on Disney. I don't care about Royal, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh the escargo on Royal Caribbean. No, sorry. Uh yeah, my favorite savory is uh it's gotta be that chicken parm from Paula. But if you're talking like main dining available to everybody, honestly, the room service chicken wings are pretty stinking good. So <laughs> Okay. You you're correct on the chicken parm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you liked the you, you like the room service chicken wings. The room service chicken wings are are good, but 
I think they're the same ones that they serve on the uh, the hot table in um, in O'Gill's. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're what they're maybe the same as one of them. There's two different ones they serve on the hot table. They serve barbecue chicken wings at the hot table, but to get the uh, buffalo wings, you got to do room service. At least the night I saw them. Yeah. All right. Favorite sweet food item now? I would say beignets. Like, and that barely tips, like, goes over the soft serve ice cream. Like, the beignets are just really good. Who has the better pool deck overall? Let's say, let's give an overall pool deck between. I'm going to just say magic class versus dream class because again, there's not really any difference for for adults. I would go the wonder, the magic class. If if I had my kids with me, I'd probably say the dream class. This is probably the most controversial question out there. Which one is your favorite now, the dream or the wonder? I already said the wonder, like by a lot, like, by a long, long shot. But I just can't wait to get on. Me and Brian are going to go on our, our own cruise together, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's going to be great. <laughs> nice, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm buying in lieu of reimbursing you the therapy bills that you've experienced as a result of uh, CM's ongoing abuse. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. And or the legal expenses that you may have incurred to get a restraining order against Sam. We'll uh, expect a full <laughs> waiver and release of claims though before that all happens. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, appreciate you playing rapid fire with us. We love having you on the show. We can't wait to have you back. And uh, I have been trying to convince Sam to take that repositioning cruise. So if you end up uh, booking it, let us know. We may join you. Uh, do you want to let folks know? I know you have your vlog. You want to let folks know where they can find you if they'd like to experience even more of your wit, wisdom, and humor? If you like mountain biking, look up Daily MTB Rider on uh, YouTube. If you happen to like uh, e-bikes as well, I've been making some very funny e-bike videos. So you can check those out. Daily Mountain Bike Rider. Well, thanks, Josh. Once again, just thanks for taking the time. Love having you on. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.